take charge of your leadership development. Join our How to Take the Lead Substack community for bonus materials, exclusive content, and discussions that will challenge and change the way you lead. Visit howtotakethelead.com to find out more. Hell, just go and play with your toys and let us go on with the work. I'm getting real insight now into how introverts think about us extroverts. You're listening to How to Take the Lead with Lee Griffith and Carrie Ann Wade, two corporate colleagues turned business besties who question everything we've ever learned about leadership. What started with us putting the world to rights over a gin after work is now a weekly show challenging the myths and perceptions and exploring what leadership looks like in the modern day. We'll also be sharing our experiences and stories along the way. You can find our show notes at howtotakethelead.com. Hit subscribe to receive new episodes every Thursday. Plus, we'd love for you to rate or leave a review of the show. And please share your thoughts and stories on the topics we cover using the hashtag howtotakethelead. Hello and welcome to another week in the British heatwave that is <laughs> just, just slowly killing us at the minute. Oh, sweltering, sweltering. I feel like I'm melting into my chair. I've done it again, moaned about the weather. It's yes. too hot, it's too yes. cold, it's definitely too hot right now. Yes, we are both. Thankfully, you can't see us because we're just short of sitting here in our bra and pants talking to each other. Yeah, it's like at school when you forget your PE kit, you got to do it in your vest and pants. You know, I wouldn't be adverse to a vest and pants day this week. It is so hot. <laughs> anyway, today's episode, we are going to be talking about leading as an introvert or extrovert. So if you followed us in any way, shape or form, you can probably guess where we fall on the spectrum. I'm definitely T introvert Carrie-Anne is team extrovert so the things that we do are different we behave differently what makes us tick is different we have some similarities as well but our inner workings can be quite different at times and I suppose we wanted to explore what that might mean from a leadership perspective whether you're introvert or extrovert what awareness you might need how you might have to adapt your approach and what the advantages and disadvantages are of being that way. So, Carrie-Anne, start us off as an extrovert. I know you don't often like to go first. (laughs) (laughs) But what does being an extrovert mean to you? What does being an extrovert mean to me? Well, I guess it's an interesting one because in having to reflect a bit more, knowing this conversation was coming up, I just started to think a lot about myself and what typically what an extrovert would be categorized as or perceived as which is usually on the plus side so I'm going to go with some pluses you know very sociable confident person outgoing enthusiastic probably someone who's willing to step up and take the lead because they feel quite comfortable and confident in that position definitely from an extrovert's point of view I would say wanting to talk out problems talk things through to reach a solution for sure but I think in saying those things there are obviously some downsides because the flip side of all of those things is you can be perceived as the negative versions of those so potentially loud overbearing someone who maybe doesn't let other people have the space to share and contribute their ideas so Mm. that was where I started off in my thinking and then obviously that got me to think more about me and how I fit into all of that and how that feels for me and I guess from the point of view of of some of those traits I absolutely agree with them and I see them in myself but I think it's interesting because sometimes circumstance I think can dictate how much of my extroverted 
nature is in play. Mm. And I think the ones for me probably that I often can wrestle with a bit is around the confidence. So I'm Mm. sure there'd be people who would know me who would just think I'm a completely confident person, happy to put myself out there. But there are lots of occasions in work life and normal life where actually I don't feel that confident but maybe it is my extroverted nature which helps me put on a bit more of a facade Mm. and wing it a bit and to to get through that but some of those preconceptions of what being an extrovert really means can sometimes I think have pitfalls for you because people make assumptions that you're like that all the time and I'm sure when when we talk about what it feels like to be an introvert there'll be times when you'll explain that you're not always coming across as somebody who's introverted in nature. So you hosting this podcast, for example, is probably something that many people would think an introvert wouldn't do, but mm. you're there comfortedly doing it. But that probably But not sometimes... getting a word in edgeways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. Not getting a word in with me being such an extrovert. I'm joking, I'm joking. I love that. It's brilliant. So that was where I started off thinking about what are some of the traits of extroverts and how are extroverts perceived. What do you think are your most prominent extrovert traits? Oh, my most prominent traits, I would definitely say, and I'm saying this from a leadership space, Mm. I guess, wanting to talk things out to reach a solution, I definitely would say is something that for me feels quite important and something that I do quite a lot in my team with people that I work with. I would definitely say that one's there. I would definitely say in terms of prominent traits for me, I feel like I like to come up with ideas and then I get overexcited and then I share them and then it's almost like I can't stop sharing them and I have to consider that other people need to have that space to come into that conversation. So I think I can be quite domineering in conversations, but Mm. I also now at this age and at this point in my life recognize that in myself so I can put things in place to balance that out. I would definitely say that. And being very sociable and along with that comes some oversharing sometimes and I often introduce myself <laughs> as an oversharer in various different situations. You really, well you might, maybe you would want to be a fly on the wall of the conversation we had pre me hitting the record <laughs> button today but I can no. definitely <laughs> confirm that Carrie-Anne is an oversharer. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so glad we weren't recording that one. I think I was almost oversharing on my partner's behalf in his absence as well, which is terrible, isn't it? So do you think that domineering in conversations and oversharing, do you think they are perhaps your biggest challenges or the area that caused you the, the biggest challenge? I guess for me in terms of the challenges and when I reflected on this prior to having this conversation I did think what are the things that I have to not necessarily force myself to do but I've had to learn to do over time to maybe combat some of my extroverted characteristics and to enable others to fully participate in conversations projects and that kind of thing and I think for me yeah there is something about I get carried away by an idea or the creativity of something and I have to remind myself to make space for other people to be part of that conversation Mm -hmm. and to be able to have an opinion and I also have to remind myself that not everybody is going to react to things the same way that I'm going to react to them so I think I probably react 
quite in the moment to something and when something happens I almost immediately know that I've got a response to that (laughs) and I'm very happy to share what that response is but I have to be very aware particularly in a leadership context that other people might need time and space to reflect on what's just happened before they can formulate and articulate a response Mm. so I think over time I've had to learn to adapt my style and my approach in certain situations to be able to ensure that everybody who's part of that gets the opportunity to contribute in the same way that I might be contributing myself. And how have you learned that, that you've even needed to do that? Is it through trial and error? Is it through specific feedback you've had? I guess a bit of everything, really. I think definitely for me, my own personal observation. So coming up through my career, I think observing that that there have been times where I've probably had the most airspace in a room and then being able to reflect on that and thinking actually there's probably people that have got even better ideas, suggestions, input than I perceive myself to have Mm -hmm. and actually I've maybe not enabled them to contribute that. So probably reflection and a sense of feeling a bit guilty probably that actually I've taken up some space that someone else could take up like I've had my time and it's time for someone else to have that space really I think through working with lots of different people in team settings as well I would say you observe how other people operate and if you are someone who's willing to be adaptable and flexible you therefore flex to enable others so I have worked in teams where My immediate leadership team, for example, has got somebody who's exactly like me in terms of extroverted nature and then the total opposite of me and actually having some frank conversations about we're going to need to deal with this situation slightly differently to enable that person who is the opposite of us to go away, reflect, absorb and come back and take time. So actually we need to like slow down the pace of something, for example, to enable that person to be able to contribute. So I think there's a lot about observing and perceiving how others are acting and reacting to you in a space as well. Mm. Interestingly, I'm trying to work out, I've probably subtly had feedback from people that maybe I've subconsciously (laughs) taken on board. But a few times when I have said, I feel like I'm being too much in that space, it's been quite interesting because I felt that and other people, unless they're being super polite, of course, (laughs) have said, oh, no, we haven't noticed that. But I don't know whether that's because I'm so aware of it that I moderate it. So I've heard you mention a few times that you're someone who thrives around people. Do you prefer being around introverts so that you can, I suppose, hold court and, and get all the attention? Or do you need energy from other extroverts? How does it work? It is a weird one. And I think that's a really important point to make as well, that sometimes when we talk about being extroverted, it isn't necessarily all about your personality traits. It is about where you get that energy from mm. to enable you to feel creative, motivated, productive. And for me, I definitely feel at my most productive and motivated when I am working with other people so you're right I do thrive on the energy of others that's not to say that I couldn't operate solo and in my own space and by myself but I do find that more of a challenge if I had to do that 24 7 I would find that really challenging for sure but for me I guess I like a mix because Mm. I think if you're all extroverts in a room it's really hard work (laughs) 
it definitely feels like really hard work and I think it can sometimes create a sort of unhealthy competitive nature if Mm. you are just surrounded by people who are exactly like you from that extroverted point of view so for me I think it's a mix of the energies and actually sometimes I would much prefer to be around more introverts than extroverts not to hold court and be centre of attention but actually to practice that point I was making about moderating myself a bit and sometimes like yeah I'm operating like too high energy and I need to be grounded a bit more so actually Mm. being around more introverted people by nature can help with that so I think I wouldn't say I prefer extroverts to introverts in terms of who I get my energy from it's definitely a mix of both and I would probably say in an ideal world I wouldn't want to be surrounded by all extroverts I think that would feel too challenging (laughs) and exhausting and one of the things I always reflect is obviously my introverted nature of working with you extroverted but I do think that brings a really nice blend into the way that we work so I I'm a planner and I like to get organised and stuff. You're a winger. We've talked about yeah, this before. Yeah, I, I love you so much for being a planner, Lee. Thank you for being a planner. <laughs> so, but you can do all the talking for us when we're in social situations. So it's like, I think you're like my yin to my yang, my yeah. yin to my yang or whatever the other way, yang to my yin. <laughs> I do think like if you get that right mix, it can be a really powerful combination. And that's not to say that like, a group of introverts working together are not gonna also have like a level of success and extroverts the same but I do think it is about getting that balance and and I think that's outside of even like are you an extrovert or an introvert just like you say what are you good at and some of that will potentially be dictated by that Mm. extrovert introvert conversation but some of it will be about skill set and experience so yeah I like to think we're a perfect balance and blendly At Cats Pajamas, we empower brilliant communications professionals to grow and thrive in their careers through mentoring, collaboration and community. If you'd like to find out more or subscribe to our newsletter, you can visit www.cats-pajamas.co.uk where you can even book your free 30-minute discovery call. I'm so passionate about helping comms pros to grow and thrive and I'm really looking forward to working with you. Hi there, if you're enjoying this episode of How to Take the Lead, please hit subscribe and go leave a review or a rating. We'd also love to hear your stories and thoughts on today's topic. Please DM us, our links are in the show notes, or tag us into your socials using the hashtag How to Take the Lead. So, lovely Lee, we have Mm. heard plenty from me, unsurprisingly, (laughs) about what it feels like to be an extrovert by nature. So, I am, of course, as will the listeners be, interested in, as a self-proclaimed introvert, what makes you tick? Come on, tell me, what is it that makes you tick then? What makes me tick? I think, for me, I like space to think and plan. I love a plan. I mean, I have plans for my plans. I'm one of those kind of people. And listening and understanding, I do not like to just talk for talking's sake. <laughs> but I will tell you, when you were talking about extrovertism and confidence, I think the reason the whole construct of introvert, extrovert can be a bit of a touchy subject for some is around 
the word confidence that's associated. So whilst you think or you mentioned that extroverts can be seen as overly confident, that doesn't always mean I am often tarnished with the, oh, you're shy or unconfident because I'm quiet. Mm -hmm. And I, I think they swap out the word introvert for unconfident or shy and I think that could be really damaging to particularly people who are introverted because it it does make them perhaps withdraw even more if they are tarnished with those things I'm far from an unconfident person and in my career I've always been very confident I'm confident in my opinions I'm confident in my expertise and the work that I give I just don't talk about it or shout about it or don't feel like I need to pipe up every two seconds yeah, Sorry, absolutely. Soapbox no. straight away. <laughs> soapbox moment straight away. Confident, straight on that soapbox. And I, th- I think you're right. That confidence piece is that tricky thing that muddies the waters a bit when you talk about being an extrovert or an introvert because of those assumptions that mm. all introverts are not confident and all extroverts are overly confident. And actually, it's definitely not that straightforward. It's really good of you to highlight that point, I think, Lee. But what does make you tick? Come on, you've not answered the question. What does make me tick? (laughs) Well, I think what makes me tick is potentially different to what makes me an introvert. So there's stuff that I enjoy, but I suppose the common thread of it is that I like to take my time. I like to perhaps do reflection on my own or work in smaller groups. I can get my energy sapped if I'm around too many people for too large a time. And I've had to learn over my career how to really balance that because I could burn out quite quickly trying to keep up with these blooming extroverts. (laughs) I know we're a pain, aren't we? So yeah, I, I think for me, it's that thinking time and reflection piece that's the I think, and listening, I would say the things that set us apart and certainly I think are some of the superpowers that I utilise. Brilliant. So you said superpowers. So would you consider those to be your sort of most prominent introverted traits if we're going to use labels, your yeah. listening, your reflection, your ability to work maybe a bit more solo and not needing all of that external energy source all of the time. So in terms of what you've talked about around what it's like to be an introvert, what would you consider to be some of the most challenging introverted traits that have cropped up for you in terms of your career and your leadership style, Lee? I think quietness has probably been a really big challenge for me in my career certainly getting told numerous times by people that I need to speak up more in meetings was something that frequently would come up in one-to-ones or in meetings itself we haven't heard from you or ever so that sense of oh is my voice really being heard and as I've said I don't really talk for talking's sake I wasn't talking on every agenda point in a meeting for example I only spoke up when I felt that I had a value to add and it really stressed me out when I started to get feedback that I was perhaps too quiet because it was that thing of, oh, if if they think this, are they all thinking that I'm a bit rubbish? Do they think I've not got anything of value to add? And so it was making me more self-conscious, I think, of it. But over time, I learned about being an introvert it didn't have a label really when I was starting out in my career it's only really something I've been aware of in maybe the last five to seven years certainly in the bulk of my corporate career I don't think people were really you'd use the extrovert phrase but I don't think introverts were necessarily labeled you were labeled 
shy and confident and all yeah. of those other things so it was only as I started to learn there are other people who are like this and I can better articulate who I am and what makes me tick that I realized it was okay and I actually was still being really effective and I suppose I just had a bit more of a screw you attitude <laughs> so I was like right I'm not going to stress about whether I talk up in this meeting or not because People were learning to listen to me when I did speak because I was adding value at those points. And I think it's really good to flip it into the positives as you have there, because I think talking about introvertism and extrovertism, I think often it can be about the more negative side of things. So Mm. those traits being, you know, you're shy, you're not confident, or you're overbearing, you're loud, you're too confident. And often I don't think people spend enough time looking at the positives of having some of those traits so I think that reflection piece that you've done to be able to consider that is a really important thing to do and I'm sure we'll touch on that a bit more as the episode continues but I'm going to put you on the spot as you did with me to say (laughs) who do you prefer working with Lee extroverts or introverts (laughs) it's almost like you I, I like a bit of both so I like being around extroverts because they take the pressure off of me I don't they can be really chatty and people orientated they can keep a conversation going I just need to be a participant right other than a driver of the conversation. I love the insights that an introvert or a group of introverts can bring by observing, by listening, but bloody hell, it can be awkward if you're all in a group and no one really wants to go first and talk. And that's <laughs> that. <laughs> Oh, that's like my idea of I don't know if that's my idea of hell or heaven because it, it, I'd just be straight up like right I'll start then if nobody else wants to <laughs> so it is a mixture of both I do think it can be overwhelming if you're surrounded by loads of extroverts because as you said that competitiveness as an introvert who's sitting reflecting and watching you see that competitiveness Mm. play out and it can be like, oh, bloody hell, just go and play with your toys and let us go on with the work. (laughs) I'm getting real insight now into how introverts think about us extroverts. This is very interesting. (laughs) This is very interesting. I'm going to take note of all of this for the next time we have a co-working session, Lee. (laughs) When you actually give me my toys to go off and play with, I'll I'll know what that's all about. (laughs) I, I say that when there's a group of extroverts. I don't, <laughs> I don't know too many of us. <laughs> What's the collective term for a group of extroverts? A cacophony of, extro- of extroverts? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, maybe that's that's one for the listeners. Pop in the chat any terms you think would describe a group of introverts or a group of extroverts based <laughs> on your own experience. So we've talked about the pros and cons of an introvert and an extrovert and we've outed some of our own characteristics in the conversation do you think there's one way or another that is better for leading do you know what I've been thinking about this and it was really interesting because when I was doing some research for this episode I was googling extroverts and every time I googled anything about extroverts most of the searches that came back were about introverts so I don't know if that is telling us something about I know you mentioned introversion seems to be something that we've talked about a lot more recently that we didn't talk about maybe you know seven years ago or whatever so I just thought that was quite interesting because a Mm. lot of what came up was around introverted leaders and how many great leaders are introverts so I just thought that was quite an interesting reflection but for me I guess I don't think there is one or the other way that's better but I think if you are 
I don't know, severe is the wrong word to use. I don't mean severe, <laughs> but if you are an extreme, extreme extrovert, yeah, that's the word I wanted, extreme extrovert or an extreme introvert, I think it probably will feel quite challenging to take on those leadership positions. So I think you either need to not be that extreme or you need to be really aware of how you moderate some of your extroverted or introverted behaviours depending Mm. which one of those spectrums you're on. So I think you need to really be able to understand when you might have to tone down something that might be really natural in your extroverted nature to enable introverts to be able to participate more for example and I know we've talked about that already but I would say the one thing through my own career that I found quite interesting and I've had a range of leaders in my working life who've been either extroverts or introverts I do wonder if introverts are more aware of how much more effort they need to make to manage some of their introverted traits and I don't want Mm. to stereotype extroverts by saying we're not aware of it so we just carry on regardless but I have worked with a number of people in leadership positions who when I've complimented them on how well they've handled a situation maybe it's like a big public speaking thing or a group of really disgruntled people and I've gone oh god you, you know you were really brilliant I've counted more times when one of those people has said to me it's really nice of you to say that to me because I'm an introvert and I find that situation really hard mm. and I've never had somebody when I've given them feedback as a leader say thanks so much for sharing that because I'm an extrovert and I find being like that really difficult so I think that's just quite interesting that a lot of leaders that I've worked with I've probably worked with more introverted leaders but they have been more open about how challenging they find their leadership mm. position because they have to step outside of their natural way of being in terms of their introverted nature. Sorry, that was a really long-winded and extroverted way of giving you an answer, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting reflection because I think I would say that the majority of leaders I've worked under have also been introverts and have had to actively work on certain areas. If I think about my peers in leadership teams, I always think the extroverts have been the ones that have caused the most challenge. And yeah, so I don't know whether that's an interesting dynamic that it creates in Mm. maybe a frustration that extroverts have of introverted leaders, for example. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So back to the original question, if one or the other makes a better leader, I'm not sure. I think you have to be a a good balance. It goes back to that awareness, doesn't it? That awareness and, and working on it. And as we said in previous episodes, any strength that you have becomes a weakness if you overplay it. And I think absolutely is true in whether you're an introvert or extrovert. I think there's an assumption that extroverts are better as leaders possibly because they overtly have more charisma or they speak a bit more so that visibility is a lot higher but as you've said some of the most successful leaders Mm -hmm. are or were introverts so maybe that's because they have again I'm not just stereotyping here there's evidence to say they tend to be more strategic in the way that they think and that they're more likely to think through all the risks rather than just take a risk. So maybe it's that tortoise and hare situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, it's also then about the leadership team you build up around you to complement some of that. And the point that we've both made that our own personal experiences have been, we don't particularly like being solely in a team of 
introverts or extroverts that we need that mix and that hopefully you can then learn to get that balance right so that you actually have people that are working with you that complement some of the areas that you maybe find more challenging or that are more of an effort for you so you get that nice blend but I think it is about that insight to knowing a what makes you tick and as all the questions we've asked each other today probably do need to ask those of yourselves to really get that insight into how you can then work best as a leader knowing what you know about yourself talking about the team dynamic that concept of the loudest person hogs the discussion or the person who has the most energy gets the attention or has their point land more succinctly or or with more emphasis how can we as a leader make sure we're utilising all the superpowers of our teams and yeah. look beyond that introvert, extrovert veneer? So I think as a leader, you have a responsibility to be a facilitator, mediator at all times because it's your job to be creating mm. the space, whatever that might look like, for everyone to be able to input and have a say and share their thinking and their ideas. So again, you have to have had that kind of observation of your own team about, okay, how did these people flourish best in what Mm. environment and space can I get the best out of these people and I know the people who are in my own teams that are not going to be the people who are going to chuck an idea in straight away into a conversation they need time and space to go away but I also know that often their ideas are the ones that are really brilliant because they've taken that time to to reflect on it I think it is about that ability as a leader to make sure that you are creating the time and the space for everybody no matter where they are on any of those spectrums to be able to contribute and that you know the people that you work with well enough to understand how you might be able to help them contribute in the way that feels most comfortable for them. I think there's some big organisational approaches as well that need to be reviewed potentially if you look at the direction of travel say with open plan working or if you look at the whole concept of let's work collaboratively or brainstorm as a group and all of that that perhaps leans more into the power of an extrovert than an introvert I think the pandemic has changed the way people are working and how organizations are run but not necessarily thinking of it from a balanced viewpoint I know in I've talked about this book before and I love it, Quiet by Susan Cain. And she's talking about the things that affect a workforce. I think she said something like up to half of your workforce could be introverted. And so how do you utilise them in the right way for the tasks, perhaps that they've got as superpowers? How do you look at the environment that you're creating she was citing evidence that said open plan offices have been found to reduce productivity impair memory it's been associated with higher turnover and sickness insecurity lack of motivation workers are more likely to experience stress and that personal and confidential discussions that perhaps were being have previously are no longer happening in that open plan dynamic which is actually, I suppose, disabling connection in some ways. And I thought that was fascinating. 
Yeah, and it's really funny because I remember the first job I had where we went to an open plan office environment mm. from having your own fixed desk. It was still kind of open plan, but it was more like hot desking. You can sit anywhere, work with anyone. You don't have your own desk. This team's not got that office cordon off you can go in there and actually the impact it had on quite a lot of people not having their own personal space in the Mm -hmm. office that they could create and make their own was actually more dramatic than I anticipated it would be and people like where do I put my photos where do I put my stuff that gives me a boost during the day because I've got little postcards with sayings on that motivate me and all of that kind of stuff and I was quite surprised but also myself thought yeah I'm not sure if I'm keen on this just rock up anywhere sit with anyone and I'm an extrovert so Mm. goodness knows what that might be like for people where almost the security and safety of having their own personal space in the office that they've made their own probably helps them in terms of how they conduct themselves in the workplace yeah we had the same and I remember some people in management doing the whole it's just things just get over it and we'll give you a little locker that you can put your stuff in if that's the issue and failed to see why people fundamentally could have had a problem with it but that goes back down to perhaps everyone looking through their own lens of what they think would be acceptable or not versus actually talking and engaging and understanding and and even how you talk and engage and understand might have to be adapted in different ways to get stuff out of people I hate being put on the spot and you think of meetings, people trying to get me to come out of my shell, put you on the spot. And now that's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst situation for me. Yes, I can think on the spot, but I would feel like I've not given a valuable enough response than I would if I had some time to go away and consider the question first. It's really interesting the direction of travel and who is driving that direction of travel. Are they introverted extroverted is it really looking at what people truly want or understanding and digging down to the reasons behind why people perhaps are kicking back about some of that stuff as well very briefly we've touched on this concept of having that awareness of yourself and knowing where perhaps you need to work on certain areas that aren't naturally given to you how do you lean into those traits that aren't natural so as an extrovert how do you learn to be quiet or (laughs) as an introvert how do you make sure you're heard yeah I guess there's some things around I'm sure a lot of people have done things like Myers-Briggs and other sorts of personality tests and I'm sure there'll be people rolling their eyes when we talk about them but actually doing something like that that really does highlight your personality traits and where you sit on that spectrum of extrovert introvert and various other things I think is really helpful to help Mm. you gain that insight because it probably will highlight to you things that perhaps bubbling under the surface but maybe haven't you haven't quite clicked in terms of that awareness of so I think stuff like that is is really important to help you with that reflection piece and honestly I have to say I think it's practice practice Mm. practice practice it is about once you're aware of those things that might make you a more effective leader because you're having to lean into some of those traits that are less natural to you find ways to practice them and they don't have to be massive big ways in rooms full of people but there'll be opportunities for you to practice throughout your working life taking some of that advice on so for me it would definitely be those two things I think I don't know about you Lee well you're right on the practice front because if you look at someone like I know Steve Jobs is a really famous introvert 
think of those amazing talks he used to give at the launch of Apple upgrades or new developments and whatnot. Now, we've never got the evidence. We've never seen what his first presentations would have looked like. You can bet he wasn't that finished article that we all saw when he became super famous. He probably had to really work at that and hone his craft and get to that point. And often when we think about, oh, you know, I'm not great at presenting or I don't like standing up in front of people or whatever, we go to that end point of it being perfect and being in a room full of hundreds of people and never think of the journey that each of those people have had to go through on their own. Yeah, and I've heard you talk before as well about that practice, like how you can put little steps in place to practice to get to that end point of being in a room with 100 people listening to your presentation. So I do think practice, practicing those skills and behaviours, I think is a really important part of it. Mm. From an introvert's perspective, and certainly something that I've learned in my career about this whole concept of speaking up in meetings I knew I wasn't necessarily going to speak up more but the likelihood of me speaking up more increased the more prepared I felt about the discussion so for me I put in ways of working that allowed me to have adequate prep time beforehand to read the papers to think about the questions that were being asked of us in the paper to look at where I think I could have added that value and input. So I would go into a meeting being really prepared. So that would mean I knew where or how I could contribute. Afterwards, I'd always do a reflection piece. Were there opportunities where I could have said more? Was I kicking myself that perhaps I didn't say something and someone else got in there with a point that I could have made. I'd ask other people what they thought, what their sense was of what I'd said had landed in the way that I'd intended it to land. And I used to do a lot of work with my allies beforehand. So I would, if there was something I knew I had to get across or a point that I really wanted to make sure I landed, I'd do work to talk about it with people beforehand. I'd get them on board. I'd get where they might be in the conversation. Sometimes it might be about influencing them to back me up on a point or even make the point on my behalf. Because if I thought they had a better chance, particularly if they were an extrovert, they had a better chance being listened to. So it was that whole thing of nurturing your allies and your network was a really important part. And I could comfortably do that because I love one to one discussions with people. It is really interesting because I think some of what you're sharing around how you prep for being an introvert in that situation is genuinely really good preparation just for being a leader because Mm. some of that stuff I definitely do uh, and not because I'm introverted but because I think that the prepping people and talking about certain topics before you get into the space where it's in the meeting to be able to have those people on side with you I think they're like really good skills to have anyway so for me it's great because I feel like win-win if you're an introvert and you're headed into that leadership space do what you do because that's like a double win for me and I've also had those moments where I've interestingly thought I am going to be less vocal in this meeting on purpose because I know Mm. this is a meeting where maybe the topic or whatever is something that I'm really passionate about which means 
I'm going to get overexcited and want to talk lots about it. And I've purposely thought, no, I'm going to sit on my hands and not share as much as maybe I have done before. But mm. then sometimes kicked myself when someone shared an idea that's the same as mine and been like, oh, because I wasn't was yeah, because I wasn't saying anything this week. Someone else has come up. But but then you have to go. But it's about the greater good. So that's great that someone else had the opportunity to say that and it wasn't me. And that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we mentioned in a previous episode, you can't change your personality. So you're never going to change the fact you're an extrovert. I'm hardly going to change that I'm an introvert. But it's your behaviours that you can change and work on. And I do think that, again, having a coach or even some training that you do, but anything that can help you with that reflection piece and naming this is an area that I need to work on and this is how I'm going to work on it is the only way that you're going to see positive action in the right direction. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more, Lee. So we are at the end of the discussion but we want to briefly wrap up with our how to like we do in every episode so how to balance the introvert extrovert in you (laughs) (laughs) I think do that understanding piece take some time to understand where you are on your spectrum of being an extrovert or an introvert and probably which bits of that you find most challenging so you Mm. can identify those places where you might want to put some more work in and I guess for me from the point of being an extroverted leader there is just something for all those other extroverted leaders out there about just always being conscious about creating that space for everyone that's part of your team I think that's probably been my biggest learning and so I think you have a job as a facilitator to make sure you are and a leader, of course, creating that space for people to be able to contribute in ways that work for them, not for you. Yeah. Mine would be, don't assume, even knowing you're an extrovert or I'm an introvert, don't assume what that means about our characters. You could hate presenting. I could absolutely love it. I don't, but I could absolutely love it. But I might just need different adaptions to help me work around that fact. I think we, we shouldn't come from this point of labelling you're an introvert therefore this means that and I need to treat you in a certain way I think that's really important my final how-to is just buy the book quiet and read it whether you're an introvert extrovert something in between there's so much in there that gets you thinking about yourself but also about others it helped me see other people in different lights but also gave me a lot to reflect on just buy it (laughs) just but it's on my reading list lee i'm just gonna read it thanks again for listening to today's episode don't forget to hit subscribe so you're the first to receive new episodes when they drop every thursday if you enjoyed the show we'd love it if you would rate it or leave a review and let us know your thoughts and own experiences get in touch with either of us on linkedin twitter or instagram or use the hashtag how to take the lead until next week get out there and take the lead